Why did the uh, Libertarian cross the road? Yeah, well, I don't know, Bryce. Because huh, you found out there were going to be tax on that side. <laughs> oh, well, so that's uh, that's where we're starting the episode. Well, that's welcome to episode seven. Seven, right, Bryce? Time flies. Episode seven, Taxation is Theft. <laughs> taxation is Theft of Montana Voices. Of course, Jimmy, uh, on the other, uh, other mic is Bryce, and let's go through our business affairs here. Indeed. Uh, as always, if you would like to get to us at email for uh, scheduling questions, concerns, comments, uh, go ahead and hit us at montanavoices at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like to tweet at us, it's going to be at Montana underscore voices. Uh, Facebook page for us will be at Montana Voices Podcast. And new starting this episode, uh, we don't have any content up there yet, but uh, I'm hoping that we can do something fun with it here. I've created a Twitch handle for us. If you want to check out what we have going on there, which is literally nothing at the moment, it's going to be twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. So my plan with that is to uh, grab a copy of Far Cry 5 and in the future any other games that could potentially be uh, you know, set in the Montana-like areas and uh, play through that, really uh, get involved with the Montana game uh, community. Oh, so. Is it Far Cry? Is that what the kids are doing nowadays of... Uh... You know, maybe lost track here. You know, Last it, I knew it was Tetris. But Exactly. Uh, Far Cry is the one that put Montana back on the map there with the nerds. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it is. I've only seen reviews, but everything looks pretty good. Well, I look forward to a live stream of that uh, in the future. We also have other content, uh, new content as well. It's been a big week for us over here at Montana Voices. We have a new website at montanavoicespodcast.com. It uh, is a bit alpha, but in the future we're going to be hosting not only our regular you know, post and blog there, but as well as our audio content so we can avoid uh, the fees, speaking of taxation, uh, of an audio host. So I'm hoping we found a good way around the, uh, the painfulness of $16 a month to SoundCloud. So, You know, it's a little ridiculous that uh, you even have to put up anything... Uh, you could find video of us twirling around in the snow in 4K in 70 years on YouTube for free. Yep, you can live stream your cat 24 hours a day, and the content will be there seemingly forever on YouTube. But I understand why the business had to be that way. Looks like the uh, main music sites and, and streaming sites, such as iTunes and uh, Google Play, they actually don't host or, or pull any of your content. You send them an RSS feed, and when you somebody actually plays your audio file, it streams from whoever your audio host is. So people like SoundCloud, Buzzsprout, and all these other audio-only hosts are have the burden of presenting that audio with none of the benefit that comes with you know the views to your site directly. So that's an unfortunate side effect of the business, in my opinion. It costs money. It's extortion in the uh, pettiest form. Uh, you know, hopefully something is done about that. Until then, we have to build our own boat to cross this canal. So, and that's isn't what we're it doing. typical Google and uh, Apple how they? Um, it's been a while since they've made a truly, uh, or a little bit since they made a breathtaking product or, or whatnot. But like with Google Play, which is simply a consortium of other people's things, um, even iTunes was groundbreaking at the time, but it's still just a central location for other people's creations. And how they bring stuff together, Android I think has been doing it for a long time, where there will be 
an app or a feature that somebody develops on the side, like the Swipe Keyboard, which was a third-party app only, and now is integrated in the Google Keyboard. So it's, uh, I don't know if you call that extortion, or what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, theft? <laughs> uh, it definitely is, you know. Um, but yeah, it's all a matter of what the courts say and how much you're paid in the end. Uh, you know, regardless, no matter how you look at it, it's all someone else's computer. So, whatever. That's all the cloud is, and uh, I suppose this will bring me into uh, corrections and updates for our last week. We didn't really have any updates on it, but a comment that somebody had made was, uh, I think the last half of our last show was just us complaining about things. So, we'll try not to ramble on and complain too much about things. And well, go who right said into, that? I, uh, I have some com- com- complaints about that. Complaints about the complaint? Uh, yeah. Complaining complaint. You get that, whoever that person is on here, and you let them know that uh, I, I have complaints about them, whoever they are, in their opinion. But you know what? Uh, <laughs> Stop back, Bryce. Well, well, well I don't want to dox them, so that's... <laughs> I'm not going to dox anyone here. Uh, uh, I'll listen to the requests. We'll, we'll heed uh, suggestions. We won't well, complain. Well, he Fine. didn't try to stay on topics. We actually, uh, in the last episode, we didn't have much of an outline or a format uh, sheet that we were going to follow, and of course didn't. So, hence uh, what happened there. It was just two guys uh, shooting the breeze or chewing the breeze, whatever you call it. But in the local events, uh, most places are going to have a parade of lights, it looks like. Indeed. Um, starting off with Great Falls here, um, the annual parade of lights is going to be on November 24th at 6 p.m., downtown on central avenue uh make sure you do not park on central avenue because uh they'll probably tell you i imagine however if you get down there um i'm trying to think of the best place to park usually i will park over by the um like the great falls children's museum or the energy west building because from there it's usually a straight shot out and you can get out to the uh, 10th avenue bridge and such um on top of that, coming up on December 1st, there's going to be the Breakfast with Santa at the Paris Gibson Education Center at 8.30. Uh, you can go there and get your picture taken with Santa. You can get a few little knickknacks for the children. They're going to have some pancakes, I believe. Uh, really neat well, event there for the children. It's Breakfast of Santa, so I would hope there would be some pancakes or something. Yeah, you know, I... I, it's hard to say, you know, I'd be a little disappointed if I showed up for breakfast with Santa and come to find out that, uh, you know, we're uh, dishing out oatmeal today, you know. Uh, regular gruel. I mean, times are tough with the economy as it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> These kids want PlayStation 4s, you know. Uh, Santa's got to make cutbacks in other areas. These elves are eating uh, Equate brand. So we also have a parade of lights here in Missoula coming up on the 1st of December. And as far as parking advice uh, for Missoula, don't. Um, if you can <laughs> ride a bike, do it. Downtown on a good day uh, for parking is pretty uh, horrendous, uh, let alone when there's any events. So uh, we try to avoid parking anywhere down there. And uh, also have the Festival of Lights coming up on the uh, 24th here in Missoula. Is Great Falls having one of those as well, Bryce? Um, the Festival of Lights? I'm not sure on that. I believe the Parade of Lights is all that we do. Uh, it's hard to say if that's even going to continue. I remember that the last year I went, um, whoever played the Santa, I believe it was Dave Pierce, but whoever played Santa... (laughs) I can see him being a good Santa. (laughs) Yeah, uh, 
And it, I tell you what, it was a really magical event right up until Santa started uh, telling everybody that this wasn't going to happen next year unless people started shelling out donations. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it just really, um, I don't know, it felt like, kind of like, the you remember the, the uh, collections played at church? It felt like they were walking around with that, but they were holding a gun in the other hand. So well, I mean, the kids are there. You got to say yes, yes. We'll 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 do that. That's all uh, I could think too is, man, the children are here and stuff. So we uh, Dave Pierce dis- still owns Dave. No, that got sold out to Bennett Motors. There no longer is a Pierce Motors in Great Falls. There right? is a Pierce RV. Um, you know, it's hard to say though if it's the same guy. Like I, as far as I know, he's still alive, but. Because I thought Dave Pierce ran Pierce Motors, which was correct. Lithia on Tenth, or is now Lithia on Tenth? I could be wrong about that. Now Lithia, move on to the RV business, maybe. I don't don't believe Lithia is on Tenth anymore. I think that is a vacant lot, if I recall, because they moved to. Oh no, never mind. Lithia Dodge is there, but that. Lithia Dodge and Lithia Honda just about right across the street and down the block from Taylor's. Very healthy uh, auto industry over there in Great Falls. uh, The Bennett Motor Superstore specifically, though, because I know which one you're talking about in that regard, that is gone for quite a while, and that was his bread and butter there for the longest time. Jeez, well, I hope he got a decent check from Bennett Motors. Pretty certain he did. I remember um, back when I was working at KRTV back in the day, uh, this was back when Heath Hagem was still the sportscaster, but I remember him telling me once that he had, like, knocked um, Dave Pierce's fake star. Uh, you remember when he used to do the commercials where he was, like, the sheriff in town? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, like, knocked over the uh, fake star, and they, like, couldn't find it before they were going to do some live piece or something with Dave Pierce, and, like, he got furiously pissed that he could not find his star. Well, you, you got to stay in character. Uh, you get typecast that much. You can, you don't want to get out of it. You got got to make just, the money. No doubt. I just you know things like that. It just makes me think of like other local celebrities just losing it over things like you wouldn't suspect. Well, uh, let's lay out what we're going to discuss this episode. Of course, uh, about Montana politics, which uh, has us squarely in the grounds of Ryan Zinke, our interior uh, secretary of the interior for the entire country, uh, things that are happening in Billings in regards to the, their homeless and what they plan to do about that, and uh, we're going to go to coal country and talk about the Smith Mine disaster shortly and how that uh, relates to current events that are happening over in Coal Strip and with the Rosebud Mine, and of course, uh, maybe we'll lead off with the Cat Grizz game, of course, the, uh, the cats are victorious, so Indeed. hard day for Missoula. No doubt, I uh, plan on hearing that nonstop until the next Cat Cruise game, probably. Um, you know, I'll just come out and say it straight up. Both institutions are out there uh, just pulling away tons and tons of cash from those kids in the form of student loans that are insane on a payback. So I really don't agree with a lot of, uh, you know, go for this team or that team. Uh, I want the students to win in their efforts to repay back their student loans. You know, that is a complaint I hear a lot uh, from people that uh, specifically don't do the sportsing, uh, as we call it, and go sports team, that, uh, you know, there's always money for a new stadium. Uh, we got an upgraded stadium here in Missoula, um, but of course, tuition has uh, risen 50% in the last five years. I saw so, that. There was also cutbacks on the uh, Cutbacks staffing. while building a new stadium, uh, and you think, uh, I don't know what the financial situation is over there, or if this could be a, a cash cow to pay for, for other things. 
And uh, but certainly somebody's making money at it. I'm just not sure uh, whom. It's hard to say. Yeah, but you know that's a topic we'll have to deep dive into on another event, probably. Um, to get back to our main story, there, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Zinke himself. Uh, troubles are brewing, but um, he may have weathered that storm. Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, last I, when we were researching this episode, there were news sources that were saying he was going to be out by the end of the week, and of course that time has passed. So I don't know if he's just uh, shadowed by the larger trouble the Trump administration is facing, or if uh, he's, you know, it just takes time. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I assume that it's probably. Um going to be a while here before we see any, like, really harsh scrutiny on the guy here. I mean, don't we have bigger fish to fry at this point? Exactly. And, like, at this point, I can't help but think that Trump potentially thinks that uh, when he appointed Zinke as the Secretary of the Interior, he might have thought that he was hiring an interior decorator for all we know, you know? (laughs) He he could have. Um, But... Something that Zinke has done is um, he is not the lapdog for for Trump. Um, several stances that the administration is taking, uh, Zinke's come out uh, in opposition to those, which is uh, refreshing to see somebody within his own cabinet, uh, I don't want to say disobedient to the administration, but certainly challenging it on some things. I think there's some value in that. Indeed, uh, that is something you will see native from people from Montana, I think, is a lot of... Uh... You know, I don't know. I'm probably just assuming in this regard, but I like to think that it's because he's from Montana, the reason that he would say no to Trump in that regard on some things. Yep, uh, well, it's uh, sort of say one thing, do another in some cases with the administration. Uh, and you do point out that he's from uh, Montana, and this is something I didn't hear about in the last election. I didn't. I think I knew about it slightly before the uh, election. Kathleen Williams, not from Montana, but we didn't hear much about that. She's actually from Ooh, California. Really? Oh, wow! I can't uh, believe they didn't run on that. Uh, I'm not sure. Is that worse than Maryland? Um, uh, so. Yeah, you'd think so, because you know California. But then again, they got to be really careful with that fight because Danes is from California as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they just didn't want to, you know, poke that bear or open up that uh, can of worms. I'm thinking that might have been it. Uh, so I didn't know till somebody pointed that out that uh, we can't make a distinction and call him Maryland Matt while ignoring California Williams. <laughs> I would have called her California Williams, and uh, oh. I would have liked it. <laughs> well, either way, I, I don't think we gave her a whole lot of attention because uh, I didn't think she was going to win, and I was, I was right. Yeah, um... No, it was a losing battle, so, you know, uh, California didn't win her. Whatever. But, Zinke, I've seen some talk, if he weathers the storm and there's no uh, legal trouble for him, that he uh, might be positioning himself for a governor run here back here in Montana when his uh, term is up or when the Trump administration is no longer a thing. So we might have that to look forward to. And I remember his last election, it's it's tough to beat a Navy SEAL commander. Yeah, um, it um, definitely is. He's got a lot of benefits and perks that Montana as a whole likes. And Steve Bullock is just really aggravating people. Um, his stance on automatic weapons, semi-automatics, that is, uh, they seemed to really ruffle some feathers. So he didn't set himself up for a, you know, a future of re-election. But I've heard a lot of people talk about him uh, kicking around a run for presidency. 
you know, along with everybody else in politics. Zinky right or now. Bullock or Bullock. But uh, you know, Bullock, Bullock. Shit, why not Zinky too? You know, There's, yeah. nothing's in the way right now. Well, you can have a good VP there, but you need somebody at least from a popular state. <laughs> exactly, you know. So, who knows? Maybe we could see Bernie Sanders rolling with the chair and uh, Bullock backing him. Oh, maybe it'll be. Uh, I don't know. The Democratic Party still seems like they're in complete chaos. Uh, of course, they now have the opportunity to have a Speaker of the House, uh, the minor- majority leader. Um, and of course, with Nancy Pelosi, there is some sounds like some opposition internally to to her. But I haven't seen any other suggestions of whom they might want in that position. So, um, Democrats are good at losing. We'll see them do that. Uh, they lost to Trump, and they'll probably continue to do so. Yeah, but it's one thing, uh, got it. I think it was Lewis, yeah, it was Lewis Black who said it, uh, great, is that, I forget, you know, I'm going to mix up which side it is, but basically a Republican stands up and says, I've got a really shitty idea, and then a Democrat stands up from across the aisle and says, and I can make it even worse. And, you know, that's, uh, we're, we're going to see that here probably. Like, now that they've got all the power, uh, I don't think they're going to know what the fuck to do with it all. And they're going to start, you're going to see some slip-ups here and there. Yeah, remember when they had the House, Senate, and the presidency, and they couldn't get Obamacare through? Yeah, they... (laughs) (laughs) If it's one thing they're good at, it's losing, so... (laughs) You know, it's almost like a Minnesota Vikings uh, tin tendency there you know you get all the cards you get everything set up and ready to roll and then you still can't pull it off no matter what so uh, back to Zinke maybe uh will underrail the train he has some uh, unique positions I think um, of course uh, during his election there were some issues with the uh, public lands public hands thing was sort of the slogan of the left uh, coming out of that um, but it seems like he's taking a pretty uh, good stance and in regards to Montana public lands He's not touching those. He wants them to remain public. Um, but for other things like the Beers Ear Monument and uh, other national parks, he is, uh, if it's outside of Montana, he has absolutely no trouble at all selling it off. So, which, suspicious of that governor run, maybe. That seems, yeah. You know, I could see him uh, really pulling out for it there. But when you say that he's all for keeping Montana all prime and proper there, Ooh, I wonder how many people are going to start pointing him back to Agenda 21. Uh, you're going to have to remind me of that uh, as uh, well. That was a, a non-binding action plan of the United Nations with regard to sustainable development. Um, so it was like put out by the UN here, essentially. But uh, people are saying that it's a big conspiracy theory because it wants to... It's part of the whole globalization thing to um, bring all humans to, like, live in one densely populated area. And then they'd leave, like, the whole top half of, you know, North America, specifically Montana probably, um, pristine and proper and untouched by humans. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. Well, we... (laughs) Well, well, that is interesting, and of course, uh, UN's almost a dirtier word around these parts. Indeed. So I'm just wondering if anyone see, like, I, you know, even though it is obviously a great thing he's doing there, um, 
conspiracy theorists usually see a lot of good things like that, and they still can't help but think that there's something fishy going on. So, uh, usually is what's next: uh, international IDs, microchips, and. Uh, <laughs> whatever they want. You know, um, they could be listening right now. Hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. Well, we're still for sale, so if you want to get in those advertising dollars and get some exposure here to the uh, the locals, to the people that they believe, which I think is us, uh, assume the check's in the mail. Indeed. Um, you know, right now, uh, neck and neck between George Soros and uh, the Koch brothers, and um, I'm trying to think of the other guy. You know, it all spends the same. Yeah, you know, they're uh, we're all vying for is currently at $0, so whoever makes the whoever first bigger, that. <laughs> bigger bid, you know, we're sold. But right now, neck and neck, even across the board. So, so the um, but speaking of money, um, coming back to that, Zinke, um, despite a leaked White House memo, he, um, I guess the Trump administration had some ideas and was considering using funds from the sales of public lands to fund public works. Um, sort of a, a transactional relationship, uh, you know, of course, because Trump is very transactional in my opinion. But uh, Zinke said a no to that. Um, he, uh, I mean, he's not necessarily opposed to the sale of public lands, putting them in private hands, but he's uh, doesn't want to use it to, you know, stuff the coffers and and fund projects. So, uh, interesting stance there, and definitely arguing with the administration on that one. Yeah. Um, well, where is it? I wonder where the money's going instead at this point. I imagine the general funds, but I think the uh, the problem is that it earmarks specific projects to specific sales. Oh yeah. So he's uh, he's trying to keep uh, the books clean in that regard, probably by doing that. And you know, the Trump organization, um, they're probably trying to do something a little bit more on <laughs> I don't want to say it's hookers but it could be hookers you know it could be well it could always be hookers like I said the money spends the same whether you're hooking or working at the Taco Bell yeah you know um, let's see what a, I'm trying to think what he's been caught doing dirty with money here currently was he the one that got nabbed for he like went on a vacation with his wife somewhere yeah, but, uh, taxpayer vacation, and I think there was some inappropriate campaign spending is what some people think he's gotten on there. So, I don't know, but according to him and the Trump administration, there's nothing there. And uh, Zinke is quick to say that the Trump administration, uh, and Trump himself, definitely has his back. Um, but with his previous uh, disagreements with them, I don't know if that will be the case here. Yeah, hard to say. Uh, with everything happening, too, right now with the Trump organization, uh, you know, uh, every week's a new chapter in the saga of the, the space opera, you know. Um, and maybe you'll stick by him um, because we saw him even when he had disagreed with Sessions for more than a year and had you know very publicly uh, made comments about his performance and such. It still took him a long time to to get him out of there. So uh, Trump does reward loyalty. Maybe Zinke can redeem himself in those eyes and have a bid for governor. I think that that's what he's hoping for at the most there. I mean, he's going to need a new job there once this is all done with. 
Yeah, I, I think he's doing all right regardless. <laughs> so I think uh, the Governor Payscale for Montana is probably a uh, demotion in terms of, of money. It's but. not um, super, super admirable. But at least he's from uh, Montana. So I guess uh, we'll see how that turns out with Zinke. But uh, next we're going to go, I guess, to Billings. That's southern central Montana, if I'm thinking right. Yeah, about yeah, so. I should yeah. have a map in front of me, you know. Yeah, that's close enough. I usually consider that southern western, or southern eastern, I guess. So, yeah, it's towards the east, not completely. So it is southern southern central, but uh, Billings apparently has a homeless problem, and uh, the Billings City Council has decided that the best way to handle this problem is to cut the shrubs. Cut the shrubs. Yep, uh, they just want to remove places where they could conceivably hide. So they're going to do some hedge trimming over there, and uh, homeless will no longer be a problem. Uh, is, you know, with that, is it uh, just like... Are you sensing my saltiness on this? <laughs> I mean, they're just they're, they're still going to be there, you know? They are, and, uh, you know, I'm really curious to, you know, if the Billings homeless problem is I mean, really if that anything, bad. It'll be a bigger problem now because you're going to be able to see it more. So uh, do, all they've done they, is just created more complaints because, you know, homeless people aren't going to have a private area to take a ship behind the bushes now because now everyone inside of the office can be able to see that homeless guy out there taking a ship behind the bushes or, you know, in front of the, the shrub. So it, it, it sounds ridiculous, uh, in my opinion, but, uh, you know, here in Missoula, we have an entire city for them, uh, the tent city uh, behind the, the stinky Walmart. So the two are probably related, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, Missoula just, you know, I, I I've heard a lot of people say that, well, not a lot of people, a few people say that the Missoula mayor is a real crooked son of a bitch who just can't keep shit together there. But, um, you know, I see a problem with homeless here, and I see two different ways to solve it. One city has created a, a different city for them entirely and then you have another city who has just taken away any hiding spots for them and i'm thinking that that crooked son of a bitch is uh managing his city a little bit better right now well i think so and a, a more vibrant city in uh in my opinion maybe i shouldn't say stuff like that i'm going to billings uh week after uh after this one for a conference so i try not to cause too much trouble there but, yeah, they're, they're handling it different ways. And in Great Falls, um, I'm not sure what the... I know the they just added on the new addition to the uh, the uh, homeless shelter there. Uh, I forget what they call it. And I know so many people that work there. But uh, Here in town, you mean? The what? Here in town, you mean? In Great yeah, Falls? they're in Great Falls. Uh, um, yeah, it's like a... I think... I don't believe they called it an annex, but it was like a yeah, family center. Yeah, the uh, the family center for the homeless shelter. They, of course, had a smaller building right across the street from their main shelter for men, a smaller family center, and then they uh, tore down the outdoor store, which is on the other side of the crappy apartments in downtown Great Falls, and added a whole family annex. And, you know, they probably should uh, do something with those crappy apartments over there as well. But it's the only thing separating their, their two larger buildings. One slum at a time, Jim. Yeah. Oh, jeez, this sounds pretty bad here. Uh, let's see. Specifically, the police officer pointed to a 
the pine trees lining the parking lot between Denny's and the hub of on North 27th Street downtown. He listed all the items he found there while he was walking the area Tuesday, including a handful of empty liquor bottles and a used condom. Like, this doesn't necessarily sound like an issue that would be caused by the homeless, like empty liquor bottles, bottles and a used condom. Like, were they homeless or were they teenagers? <laughs> I, too, have enjoyed drinking in downtown Billings, so uh, on the street. They still have that open container law, and, or, or do they? Not a law in Butte, I don't think, or it's not observed. But uh, but one time, I think last time I was in Billings, it was a bit ago, I couldn't get my coworker to go with me, but I went out and hung out with the homeless in downtown, got some uh, good pictures and, and mingled and tied a few on with them, of course, after drinking hours, uh, so after 2 a.m., and had a great time before I went back to my hotel, so... Yeah. Uh, I but I don't it. think it's that big of a deal. Um, shouldn't. i got to read this part here and here in this article here. It says, In an effort to curb vagrancy the transi- and transient issues downtown, Billings Police Chief uh, R- Rich St. John talked about the city's efforts to work with state lawmakers to pass legislation that would allow the city to enact public intoxication or public inca- incapacitation ordinances Efforts so far have been unsuccessful. <laughs> They're honest there. Yeah. St. Um, John made the point that the effort to get public intoxication laws on the books is to give his officers one more tool to do their job. Officers and prosecutors have the option of steering those they arrest and charge into substance abuse programs instead of sending them to jail. Treating the underlying addiction and mental health problems is the best way to reduce downtown vagrants and transient population. Uh, public intoxication or public incapacitation ordinance is uh, one more tool at leveraging people into treatment. He said somehow we've been become the Swiss Army knife to all social issues. Oh, and that <laughs> is from an article in the Billings Gazette on the same subject. Uh, Indeed, I hope we don't we, get uh, flagged for reading that out loud there. But I subscribe and read the rest of the article. Absolutely, give them the do their survey and give them a dollar a month or whatever they're calling for. It still seems such an antiquated model of business in this uh, new day and age. Probably uh, die here within the next couple of years, I imagine. So uh, yeah, one more tool. But uh, what's that old saying when uh, when your hammer, the everything is a nail, or a solution to every problem is a nail. Um, Yeah, that's basically it there. And this is, uh, you know, it just feels like it's setting it up almost, and I don't want to necessarily say in a martial law type environment, but uh, this is basically saying you can't go outside and be drunk anymore. And well, it is a business model that has done well by Butte for over 100 years. I, I don't know why Billings thinks that they're above that. Yeah, you know, you just, you got to stay in the, bar and continue to get drunk what happens at 2 a.m you uh geez hope it's a short try or walk to uh your vehicle that you will not be driving of course not don't even put the keys in the ignition because uh that is intent to drive and that will get alone will get you a dui just having the keys on you in the vehicle is intent to drive if they want to push it uh your best option is if you have to sleep in your vehicle at any point uh, get in your car and stuff, but before you do, uh, put your keys like in your uh, gas tank, 
not like inside of it, but like the uh, area where your gas tank cover is at. Very clever, very clever. Put it there, That's, and uh, that way there's absolutely no way the police can say you were going to intend to drive because then you can say the keys were literally inaccessible within inside of the vehicle here, officer. It's, in, it's unfortunate that is the way it is. And However, I have uh, uh, known a friend of mine who got a DUI for uh, him and his buddies were working on a, an old truck and they just put a new engine in it. And this, this truck had no transmission. At this point, only had the engine. And they had you know got it running, started up. And, of course, him and his friends are around drinking because that's what you do. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're pretty well wasted by the time they got this running. So they have an engine running, but a vehicle that literally cannot drive anywhere. Apparently there was a noise complaint, and uh, somebody got a DUI out of that, unfortunately. Wow, that uh, that's one that's one lame-ass cop. <laughs> well, there was a well, like when your only tool is a hammer, everything's a nail. Uh, same thing yeah, there. Somebody must have just found out their wife was fucking somebody else or something, just having a shitty day. And it's a shame that that city, <laughs> that bad day makes a bad day for everybody else. So, uh, yeah, don't be homeless in Billings is the, uh, I guess, the moral of this story here. So, um, I guess uh, we're going to spend our last bit of time here on coal and uh, coal accessories, I believe. Of course, it was the 75th anniversary of the disaster in Bear Creek, the Smith Mine disaster, where it was 75 or 74, 74. people died uh, in the mine. Yeah, um, let's see here. It is believed that as many as 30 of the miners were killed by the explosion itself, and the rest died as a result of suffocation and injuries. Only three miners reported for work that day escaped with their lives. Uh, it was the worst coal mining disaster in Montana history. So with this one, um, I mean, a little bit of history. I had sort of planned a story with it as well. Uh, Short story regarding the railroad, it turns out the uh, guy who owned the short track into there, uh, Hall was a real shrewd businessman and good negotiator and such, but uh, I sort of went down a rabbit hole and started discovering other uh, other things, such as this area around Bear Creek, Red Lodge, and the Bridger area, which are all within, I think, 30 miles of each other, um, sort of on a, a straight track there, uh, were once all crow land, and in the late 1800s, 1890, or 1892, somewhere around there, and I had some trouble finding um, the reasoning behind this, or, or how this happened. It, it, it is the only thing I could find is that they the crow seeded the land and then moved to their reservation, which was uh, now you know, towards Hardin, Lame Deer, and of course more eastern Montana. Pretty inhospitable place, in my opinion. But uh, there there had to be something there. I mean, they seeded their land right when coal was found there, so that's an interesting coincidence, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely. Um, gosh, that's pretty bad. I wonder how much of the uh, coal funding is hitting them currently. Well, that is an interesting thing because I, uh, you know, went further down. Of course, uh, the reservation is right next to Coal Strip and right next to the Rosebud Mine, which, by the way, is bankrupt. Um, but yet, it looks like they still got approval for to. Uh, expand the mine even though we're not even sure whom is going to own the mine because now it's in a bankruptcy auction well, yeah and so, didn't you hear the war on coal is over uh, yep I'm, I'm glad uh you know they faced uh 
a lot of a uh, lot of opposition, you know, from the, the black lung and, and others for a long time. I'm glad we were able to handle that. But oh, a question for you: the coal power plant in Billings. Uh, last I knew, that was no more and completely shut down. Yeah, but I that, uh, honestly did been. not know that they had one in Billings, but uh, I'm gonna guess that it probably shut down. Yeah, I, and it's so, well, sort of tucked away. I only knew about it because I lived a block away from it, Ooh. which is probably not the best place to live, but, you know, rent was cheap. I was young. Yeah, well, here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, but I think that uh, that property is now gone. Uh, there was an expansion, and then it then it closed down, so nice foreplanning there. Yeah. But uh, as far as who gets the money, there was a, as late as uh, 1989, it looks like the crow had been uh, suing the state of Montana over um, the, ta- the ability to tax over minerals. And a- Montana taxes at 25% of uh, coal output right now, or the value of the coal, which uh, feels like a pretty steep tax. But the crow wanted to levy their own tax on it and stated that the state of Montana did not have the uh, authority to tax uh, coal reserves on the reservation. And according to a court in 1989, they were right. But interesting thing, the tribe does not have the mineral rights to the tribe. That's shitty. Which, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, very interesting. I mean, that doesn't, you know, obfuscate their intent at all, uh, in, in my opinion. But the federal government has all the mineral rights for the Crow Reservation. Fuck, I wonder how long those are safe for. Well, it depends on how much coal they find there, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, well, you know, if there's a, a shortage or a need, you know, there's a there's a guy with a shovel. Yeah, does Donald Trump know about natives? Uh, maybe that's a question for another time. I'm not sure if he's ever mentioned or can find a reference there. But uh, in 1989, uh, the suit finally came to an end, and they won the right, uh, I say quotation right, to tax coal uh, output coming from the reservation. Yeah, twenty five percent. So the same tax that the state of Montana would be charging. Oh wow! And that has, uh, you know, I think still a source of revenue to this day. I'm not sure what sort of coal activity there. I know the Rosebud Mine, which is the largest mine in that region, and and also bankrupt, is slightly outside of the reservation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they're probably moving some. I see coal trains running through town occasionally, so that's coming from somewhere. And as do I, I live uh, next to the tracks. Uh, you know, sort of had to to feel as if I was at home because uh, growing up uh, near Laurel, a big train depot there that's uh, always loud. The trains are always outside training, as we say. Oh, yes, I used to live next to the tracks as well. I uh, didn't enjoy it too much. It was not where I was born. But uh, I lived there for, I want to say, like about a year, two years maybe. It was all right. Yeah, I only notice when they're not running now. Yeah. Well, you, um, that place you live currently, it's a lot more active than the rail set I live next to. I live next to a uh, grain elevator, so. You can only haul so much stuff to the grain elevator. (laughs) Exactly. It was the General Mills one here in town is the one I live next to, so. Yeah, you can reveal that. It's been years since you lived there. So. We got some uh, not else to do. A resource that I was uh, somebody pointed me to is the Montana Free Press. Uh, sounds like a project where they're trying to uh, do some independent reporting 
uh, for Montana at large, and looks like they have uh, some big plans as far as tracking economic activity and doing some real journalism here. So um, this is pretty fresh. So I'm looking forward to see that expand. Excellent. Well, perhaps uh, if we plug them enough, they will start to plug us as well. Well, that would be uh, quite good, in my opinion. And as far as uh, other Luke newspapers, we still uh, welcome your suggestions and would love to hear uh, what resources we, we might have missed. I think we want to get away from the uh, antiquated way of doing news of uh, somebody who delivers a paper to your house, a dead tree, every morning. But uh, if we have to stick to that, I guess we have to. Yeah, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before things kick over completely and then... You know, after that, within a couple of years, we'll probably have some massive energy crisis, and then there'll be a huge mad rush to kick back to the paper method. But, you know, that's just how late-stage capitalism works. Yeah, you dust off the presses and uh, get them churning once again. Fire up the uh, forges there. Get the band back together. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these places are uh, that I knew of are still running off of the, the same presses they were using in the 60s and 70s. So... I don't know if there's a, even a company that still makes modern presses. Um, I am not sure if there is, actually. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of documentaries that showed, um, I want to say it was like the New York Times presses, but those ones are really crazy because, um, you know, they were the size of a warehouse, and it was all moving parts, all mechanical and stuff, and it was this team of guys, and, like, their whole job was to just go fix it because it was breaking all the time and they a lot of times have to find new places for the parts and shit because the things are just old and nobody makes them um i know a kid i used to be friends with uh growing up his dad was working at the printing press here in town and from what little i saw from it there it seemed like it was about the same deal there of uh you know you had purchased this printing press back in the 60s or whatever and the newspapers still using that specific one and that's just how it is so be interesting to see that though i should uh check that out and find out if there are any new newer printing presses out there yeah i've seen that uh same documentary um and it's sort of uh harrowing to think that i guess there's a team of guys for the new york times that are the only people that know how to operate this press and how to repair this thing which is uh also scary because they sound like a dying breed <laughs> yeah they didn't seem like they were um, a real fun bunch to work with. Well, it's a, probably a high-stress thing. I mean, paper's got to be printed regardless. Indeed. I wonder how much they're getting paid compared to the uh, reporters. Oh, man. <laughs> let's, let's not be asking those questions. Real, uh, yeah, so uh, the Great Falls Tribune, uh, you know, maybe there the, may be only one press uh, breakage away from... Uh, going completely under they, they shut down their hours and I, I don't know what they uh are doing with all that office space apparently not having reporters yeah hard to say on that and you know that's really a scary topic for any um old school brick and mortar newspaper business out there you know if you have any sort of catastrophic failure on your press uh is that the end for you well the times have changed and it's been many or a few decades now, but uh, my dad used to be the ag editor for the Great Falls Tribune. Uh, I think it was last in the maybe early 90s before he uh, went to work for Congressman Pat Williams. And then uh, 
then was the editor of the Havard Daily News, which was published weekly, ironically. <laughs> um, leave it to Havard. You know, I, I hear they have it. They do. They do. So, uh, yeah, that media is changing, and we'll try the, our best to follow it here. And uh, with the lack of reporters there, I'm not sure if I've made this stipulation in a previous episode, um, but you look at a, uh, even even with the uh, the big news outlets and the uh, televised news, you see that, and it's all a, a crime report, pretty much. And you look at that, and you're like, geez, Great Falls is really going downhill. The only thing that's going on there is, you know, crimes and, and thefts and rapes and etc. And as it turns out, that's just a side effect from the cheap news. Um, because you don't need a journalist or a reporter to report on those. It's pretty much a copy and paste, uh, you know, from the uh, jail roster or whatnot. And it's what they've had to do to survive to sort of fill the pages is put the crime news in instead of reporting. So that's maybe overrepresented in some of these smaller communities, unfortunately. Yeah, that happens a lot in uh, news stations as well. They'll uh, call out to, like, Associated Press for a lot of their stories as well. So that's just how it is. It's a uh, money-saving business. Thanks again, late-stage capitalism. So speaking of winning and losing, uh, let's get to our last topic here real quick. It's uh, the Grizz Cat game. Looks like yeah, they uh, they lost it here. Not a good time over here. Yeah, the uh, Grizz did not pull it out there. Cats did. Um, you know anybody who is from the Bozeman area, likes Bozeman, hates Missoula, um, likes Bobcats, or, oh, you are going to hear about it. Yeah, if you see Gianforte, give him a high five. Of course, uh, Bozeman being his old stomping ground. Indeed. Uh, careful, though, raising your hand to him. You might consider it a threat, and then you might end up on the floor. Uh, Greg the body. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 25 or 29 it looks like. And uh, I we did not go to the game, but we were uh, downtown. I'll tie this into our local business shout-out. Uh, we actually got a few of them this time because we've been places and got equipment. Bridge Pizza, 3 to 5 uh, every day of the week. Uh, in well, other side of the river from downtown Missoula. Free pint with two slices of pizza. Wow, that's not too bad of a deal. That sounds pretty good. And it is a microbrew, and the piece is only $3. And in my opinion, it's far better than Pie Hole, although Pie Hole is great and open till 3 a.m., convenient hours. That's extremely convenient. Um, you know, today, earlier today, um, actually, no, it was yesterday, because they're closed at the time that I went yesterday. But yesterday, I went to the Roadhouse Diner uh, here in town, and I feel obligated to give them a shout out because it was a really fucking good burger I had. Uh, they are located on 613 15th Street North. They are closed through Wednesday. Uh, probably going to be closed th- through till Saturday because of the holiday. But um, yeah. Did you have out. a commander in chief? I did Is that not. still on the menu? Hard to say. I think he got impeached. <laughs> In my head. Well, uh, my favorite over there has got to be the Bundy. You know, four touchdowns in one day game cannot be beat. And as great as the Roadhouse is, I will make a uh, a hard line on this. Burger Dive in downtown off of North 32nd, Billings. Best burger I've ever had, hands down. Juicy Lucy, best on the menu. For sure. Well, we'll have to have a side-by-side comparison hopefully once. Um... It's impossible to do. They, they, you'd have to meet in the middle. You'd have to eat your burgers lukewarm in Lewistown. <laughs> 
So, and uh, you've got some new audio equipment. I do. Uh, the audio equipment I've got here is a uh, Behringer mixer, and i got a PV mic compared to the old Logitech gear I was using. It probably sounds a lot better, and I'm hoping that more of our podcasts are more now listenable. Yeah, I think so, and uh, of course you got them at our where I got most of my equipment, including the uh, both the mic and the mixer I have na- now, um, a Behringer mixer and a PV mic, uh, the same hardware. We thought we'd say the same from Rod's Music and Sound uh, off of Central Avenue down there. Indeed. So, And they've been hanging on for a long time, and you know, I was worried that we might see the end for, for Rod's. I don't know what, I have no idea what their financial situation is, but it just seemed like the brick and mortars were going away, and you can get it cheaper online, etc. Um, but Rod's is still holding true, and uh, great folks over there. They'll, uh, you know, sell you a base, in my opinion, and then then show up to your first show just uh, for no other reason than uh, they're good guys. Just gotta make sure it works. So make sure you stop by if you're in town. And if you uh, want to get into podcasting, they they will sell you all the equipment and make you a good recommendation on there. Although they didn't recommend the Behringers, um, but uh, at the price point, it was hard to beat. <laughs> Indeed. All right, well, this concludes uh, Episode 7 of uh, Montana Voices. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, episode 8 uh, will certainly be a zinger. We have some exciting content coming up and possibly some guests in the future. You know it. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>